Monday through Friday by the makers of Ovaltine. Well, sir, there's one thing every mother in America is finding out. Planning meals is a tougher job than it ever was in the good old days before the war. We all know, of course, that there's going to be plenty of food for us all. But with all the new food problems a mother faces these days, it's a whole lot harder to be sure that your family is getting really well-balanced meals, especially meals with all the important vitamins and minerals they should have. Now, that's why mothers everywhere are so relieved to learn that they can rely on Ovaltine to give their families all the extra vitamins and minerals they need. You see, Ovaltine is one of the world's richest sources of vitamins and minerals. Two glasses of Ovaltine a day and three average good meals, including fruit juice, supply all the extra vitamins and minerals any normal person needs. In fact, all the vitamins and minerals any normal person can profitably use, according to scientific authorities. And so you can see why millions these days are relying on Ovaltine and three average good meals for all the extra vitamins and minerals that are necessary to tip-top good health. And you can see why mothers particularly are delighted to learn they can turn to Ovaltine to make sure their families are kept fully supplied with all the extra vitamins and minerals needed, particularly in these times. So why don't you give your family a chance to enjoy Ovaltine regularly? Get a can of Ovaltine at your nearby store and try it tonight. Now, on with the thrilling chapter, The Silver Dagger Strikes, with Captain Midnight and the Secret Squadron. In the last adventure, you remember, the combined force of Secret Squadron agents and British troops commanded by Major Aubrey Hackett surrendered to the Nazis unconditionally upon the advice of the Yugoslavian air officer Colonel Rooker. Following this, Joyce, Agent SS-11, and Major Hackett were led to the heavily guarded room occupied by Captain Midnight, Chuck Ramsey, and Ichabod Mudd. The group barely had time for a few hurried words together when the Gestapo officer, Baron von Karp, arrived to take Captain Midnight and Chuck before the military court, which is to try them for treason. As Captain Midnight warned Chuck, the procedure did not take long. Within the course of an hour, they were ordered to stand up and Count Raddick read the court's verdict. But to the amazement and consternation of the two, they learned that not only they, but Major Hackett, Joyce, Agent SS-11, and Ichabod Mudd had all been condemned to death. The sentence is ordered to be carried out at daybreak the following morning. As our scene opens now, Captain Midnight and Chuck have been led back to their prison chamber. The door is just closing behind them. Listen as Joyce asks. What happened, Captain Midnight? What did they do? Just a second, Joyce. Is Mudd awake yet? Yes, yeah, Captain I was having the dog on the stream, and I dreamed Never mind that the dream, I... Mickey. Uh-huh. The reality is probably worse. Please, Captain Midnight, don't keep us waiting any longer. We've been convicted of treason. We've been sentenced to death before a firing squad. Yeah? And don't misunderstand me. It's not just Chuck and me. Every one of us in this room is in the same boat. And the rest of you weren't even given a chance to appear before the court. But, Chuck, that doesn't make any difference. The only thing I can't understand is why they didn't just take us all out and shoot us without a trial. Well, to be frank about it, Kelly, I don't know either. But that's the workings of the Nazi mind. It'll be written up as a regular court-martial. Well, it's... See, it's about nine o'clock now. When does it get daylight? About six. That gives us nine hours to think about it. And it gives us nine hours to think about a lot of other things, too. Well, gee, Captain Midnight, what do you mean? Do you think we have any chance at all? Yes, Joyce, I do. 
I don't know just how or when, but I do know that we must be ready if the opportunity comes. Gee, we must be careful nobody knows nobody's listening to us. Well, there's no one around except the guard, and he's outside. Just to be sure, we'd better talk in very low tones. Did something happen at the trial, Captain Midnight? Something that might lead you to think we had a chance? Yes, Major, it did. When Chuck and I arrived there, we were surprised to see both Agent 3F11 and Colonel Rooker on the military court. Well, I'll be a grease monkey's uncle. Yeah, but, but what happened, Captain? Well, Captain Midnight and I are not absolutely sure. But we think both of them tried to convey some kind of a message to us. Yeah? Gee, money! Well, then, then maybe Colonel Rooker's trying to help us after all. I think he is, Joyce. And I think perhaps he knows something that we don't. Perhaps he wanted to avoid an open battle. But what about 3F11? Was he in uniform? Yes, Mr. Kelly, he was in the uniform of the guerrilla army. And that means he'd been able to get rid of those priest's robes we saw him wearing and change into his uniform. And not only that, his features seem different. He's sure awfully good at disguising himself. Well, it all comes down to this. We have almost nine hours before they lead us out before the firing squad. We must be on watch every second to help those who are trying to help us. And I think we'd better get organized for that right now. You're right, Major Hackett. Now then, here's the way I look at it. Either Agent 3F11 or Colonel Rooker, or perhaps both, will try to contact us in some way. We must be prepared for that moment when it comes. We only have the one window and the door. We'll take turns standing on guard at those points. Chuck, you take the window for the time being. Yes, sir. And Major Hackett, you take the door. Very good, Captain. Talking isn't going to get us out of here. And the quieter we remain, the more alert we'll be. All right now, Chuck. You and Major Hackett take your posts. And the rest of us will remain in the center of the room. Well, how about me, Captain Midnight? I caught a little sleep. I- I'll be okay for a couple of hours. You won't have to stay on guard for two hours, Icky. I'm making these one-hour shifts so that everyone will keep awake. I suppose you take the window. Okay, Captain. Well, how about me, Captain Midnight? I'll take the door. All right, Joyce. You take the door for an hour. Okay, sir. Gee, sir, it's awfully dark. There's a candle on the table. We could light that if we wanted to. I'd rather not, Chuck. We can see what's going on outside better without any light. Where's Major Hackett? Here I am, Captain Midnight. Anything I can do for you? No, Major. Not at the moment. But I have a feeling that something will happen soon. But what makes you think that, sir? If anybody was going to try to contact us, they'd have done it a long time ago. No, Chuck. I think if anyone was trying to get to us, he'd wait until the camp had quieted down. I believe you're right, Kelly. And from now on, we must be more alert than we've been before. Of course, sir. I don't see how anyone's going to get past that guard. Well, he just walks between this window and the guardhouse door. No one could possibly get near the building without attracting his attention. Hey, listen, Captain Midnight. Yes, that guard stopped marching. Something has attracted his attention. Maybe Mud can see from the window. Hickey, yeah? Can you see anything? Yeah, yeah, I can. Something's going on outside the guardhouse door. Is that our guard we can hear talking? No, no, it ain't. That must be the captain of the guard. Somebody's standing out there talking to him. Hey, they're coming inside. I say, what's going on? Maybe they're coming for us already. No, I don't think so. But someone's outside that door. Come back here, Joyce. Yes, sir. There is a priest to see you. It is a privilege for those who are about to die. Yes, we'd like to see a priest. It's only right that we should see one. Then you shall see one. Be sure that your last prayers are good ones. Who's there? I think you'll know who I am. Agent 3 of 11. Be careful, Chuck. Oh, I had a little difficulty. Believe me, but I finally made it. I might have been able to see you before, but the guard said you hadn't been condemned yet. We haven't much time. How long can you stay here? Oh, there's no hurry. The guard will think it's strange if I don't stay in here sometime. I have a message of hope for you. Oh, thank heavens for that. What is it? 
I haven't been suspected yet, so I've been able to learn many things. The Yugoslavian troops will move to new positions this afternoon, positions of great strategic value. I found out that Baron von Karp wanted them returned to their old quarters, but they're not to be returned until tomorrow morning. Chuck and I both thought you were trying to convey some kind of a message to us during the trial. Yes, I was, but I didn't dare go too far. I merely wanted to assure you that I was doing what I could. And we sure understood that, sir. Do you know anything more about Colonel Rooker and the Silver Dagger group? I know there's something afoot. Colonel Rooker has conferred secretly with several of his officers, among them the young Captain Demovich. Listen to that, Captain Midnight. Maybe Milan didn't lie to you after all. I don't think he did, Chuck. I think he told me the truth. I believe the Silver Dagger is trying to help us. They'll have to move quickly. But if they don't move in time, I'll do what I can. But, great Scott, 3 of 11, what can you do alone? I shall be present at the uh, execution. I shall be close to Count Radic and Baron von Karp and have a small pistol. It'll be enough for them. But you can't do that, man. You may kill them, but it won't save our lives. Moreover, you lose with us. No. Someone must get away from here. Someone must get back to England and tell what's happened. I don't think I shall ever reach England again, Captain Midnight. If... Well, if anything happens to you, I must go on a long and difficult journey, and already I think the Gestapo's on my trail. Oh, I'd forgotten something. You took a terrible chance in making your way here from Germany. And you certainly didn't do that for nothing. No, Captain Midnight, I did not. I came to find you because I have information of tremendous significance. As events may turn out, you may leave here alive and I may not. If you do, I want you to know what's locked in my brain. Very well, 311. Do you wish to tell me this alone? Yes, Captain Midnight, I think that would be better. Very well. Chuck, Agent SS-11 and Major Hackett, you will please take positions with the others at the door and the window. All right, Captain. Yes, Captain. Very good, sir. All right, 311. We're alone now. Yes, Captain Midnight. I'll try to make it short because I mustn't stay in here too long. I left Germany six days ago. And the day I left marked the end of one of the most valuable agents the United Nations have possessed. Who do you mean? You know him well. In fact, you helped send him into Germany. You... You don't mean the Frenchman Pierre Simon, do you? I don't know his name, Captain Midnight. But his identification was 3F9. Yes, yes, he's the one. He was given his choice of being shot or going to Germany as a slave for the Nazis. He took the latter because he was given contacts with the underground in Germany. Yes, and through those contacts, I met him. We worked well together. Afraid of being caught, he gave me your code and my identification of 3F11. Yes, and believe me, you've been of invaluable assistance to us. But you can't play with fire long without being burned. I'm afraid my day is almost up. But to go on with my story. Six days ago, I met 3F9 by appointment on a crowded street in Berlin. I didn't know it when I met him, but I found out almost immediately he was being pursued by the Gestapo. But knowing he was being pursued by the Gestapo, he took a fearful chance in making an appointment with you. Right, Captain Midnight. He knew he was endangering me, but he had information of tremendous importance. He would probably have tried to send you a cold radio message if there'd been time. Great guns. He must have had vitally important information. What in the Just world? First, I must tell you what happened. I met him in the crowd. He didn't even bother with a word of greeting. Looking around him with a hunted look, he passed me a slip of paper and then was about to say something when he saw someone in the crowd. I saw a look in his eyes that I knew only too well. Like a flash, he turned his back on me and was gone. Knowing the signs, I slipped off in the crowd as fast as I could, but I'd only gone a few steps when the blow fell. You mean the Gestapo? Yes, the Gestapo. They seized 3F9 before he could get away. I began taking steps to help him at once, but it was already too late. He... he was dead? Yes. 
And do you know what the Gestapo did to him first? Yes, I know only too well. Do, do you suppose he talked? I don't hold any illusions, Captain Midnight. Only the bravest of men can go through an ordeal like that with lips closed. Yes, I know. And if 3F9 confessed anything, you're in terrible danger. More than that, Captain Midnight. The Nazis will be warned. Warned that the secret's leaked out. Secret? What secret? The secret of the new Nazi weapon. The peril that'll destroy a million men in a flash. Kneeling in the blackness of that prison chamber, Captain Midnight stares at the British agent in amazement and consternation. What sinister secret can this be? A secret which has already cost the life of one allied undercover agent, and which has caused 3F-11 to make this frightfully dangerous journey into Yugoslavia to tell Captain Midnight. We must not forget that Captain Midnight and his comrades are in dire peril of their lives. What will happen in the lonely hours that remain before daylight? Be sure to be with us as we continue this thrilling chapter, The Silver Dagger Strikes. But before we go... Just remember this. Don't ever get Ovaltine confused with ordinary chocolate flavorings for milk or with skim milk drinks that are delivered to your home in bottles or with any other drinks that merely supply a few vitamins and minerals. Remember, Ovaltine twice a day and three average good meals give you all the extra vitamins and minerals you need for tip-top health. So be sure you get the genuine every time. The one and only Ovaltine. For only Ovaltine can give you Ovaltine results. And tune in tomorrow, same time, same station, to Captain Midnight. Until tomorrow, then, this is Pierre-Andre, your Ovaltine announcer, saying goodbye and happy landing. This program came to you from Chicago.